nation. You're invited to take your seat. Take a seat. At the Warriors Roundtable. It's a three. In and out. Rebound. Payton. Out to Curry. Let's it fly. Three ball. Left corner pocket. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7 the game. Curry fires away. Three ball. Here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We welcome you to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dana rocking alongside Gary St. Jean with you for the next hour. Taking your calls all hour long. 888-957-9570, or I should say most of the hour because we got... An interview that Tim Roy did with Mr. Mean himself, Larry Smith. We'll be playing that in the second segment of the show. It'll be about eight minutes of the interview, so just a snippet you will listen to here on 95.7 The Game. Got a lot to talk about, of course. Let's start with the win over the Orlando Magic as uh, the Warriors' 2023-24 season is presented by Kaiser Permanente and St. Big win last night to get right, stem the tide. You snap the three-game skid. You get closer to 500. Now 16 and 17 with 49 games to go. And, and you keep your hopes alive for a really good homestand. So, look, the game wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. They couldn't really rebound to save their lives in the first half. And, I mean, when I saw that Gary Harris corner three to end the first half go in, I, I wanted to throw my remote. It was just an ugly, ugly finish to what was a really Otherwise, good finish to the second quarter of the Stephen Curry four-point play, but yeah, he owned the defensive mistake in the post-game press conference. But it was a good enough performance to win against a really solid team in Orlando, now 19-14, and 14, and it was a pretty inspired performance as well. Well, Kev, you know, Orlando, you only play them twice, and you're not used to playing against a team that's really big, that pounds yeah. the glass, that's really frontline oriented. Once they get a good guard crew, they're gonna really climb in the East because they're struggling to make shots. Uh, yeah, you know they really are. When you when you look at the Suggs, I mean, I love him as an athlete, competitor, defender. Yep. He, he's just not making shots. They're playing Gary Harris and Anthony. Um, they've never had faults. I don't know the whole year. So, uh, but I love the the Wagners and uh, Benchero. And uh, Carter, coming back off an injury, uh, is not in good shape. And uh, they're playing that other guy, Bedets or whatever. And uh, that team pounded the glass in the first yeah. half, 13 offensive rebounds. But you give the Warriors credit because, you know, after that play by Steph for the four-pointer, you that, that drives a coach nuts. When they, yeah. when they throw it after that free throw down there to me the corner. Throw. Oh, my God. I mean, that, that drives you crazy. Yeah. But here's some good news. You only turned the ball over 12 times. Yep. You weren't putting them on the free throw line. You, you've contested and didn't fall. You, you know, you're going to play at warrior pace. So people are asking me about the defense. Well, until Draymond comes back, it's a work in progress. And if you're going to play at this pace, then the other team is going to score quite a bit. So, you know, I thought they gutted out a win. Uh, a lot of pauses. I like the way Steph and Clay played together. And uh, pretty good performance again from Kaminga. So there's, uh, you, you take it as a win, and you just understand that this is not an easy homestand. You're playing no. some tough teams. 
And, and look, if they're able to build off the momentum of this win over the Orlando Magic, and they do finish 5-2, and two, look, we're going to get into the rest of the homestand. But for as badly as this homestand started with some pretty uninspired performances mm-hmm. against uh, the Miami Heat, especially without Jimmy Butler, and then you know, giving up 132 to Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks, I don't think people are really going to be remembering those losses too harshly if they are able to find a way to finish this homestand 5-2. and two. And, Kev, those are two dramatically different teams. You know, Miami yep. is a, you know, possession team, a defensive team. You're banking right now on Adebayo and Hero because Butler's not playing very often. Uh, they're, they're difficult. And on the other side of the coin, you're playing Dallas, who's not a very good defensive team and is going to probably try to score 130, and you're playing against a unique guy in Luka. And they got a lot of help from his friends on that night. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, their, their role players were a heck of a lot better than the Warriors were that night. So you, you got two L's on you. But, you know, Steph comes back with a, a vintage Steph Curry performance. You know, he just had that look. And I, I love the way he looked. <laughs> what do you got that four-point play when he was laying on the ground yeah. there? And, uh, you know, it's vintage him and... You know, you just felt like he wasn't going to let his team lose. No, you're you're absolutely right. One quick thing on the Dallas Mavericks. You talk about their role players that I do want to mention. How about Dante Exum this year, huh? I mean, oh. this guy was out of the league for two years, and now he's averaging a career high in points. He's shooting 45% from three, which considering he's a career 32% three-point shooter, kind of tells you how bad of a three-point shooter he was before this season. He's he's assisting, he's rebounding a little bit. I mean, this guy was completely out of the league for two years. I mean, he was a top-five pick. You'd have to look at him as a guy that didn't live up to his potential, but, man, he is a great piece for the Dallas Mavericks. Well, there's never been a doubt about his ability to play the game. He just was injured and didn't make shots. Yeah. And uh, give somebody in that Dallas front office a lot of credit. Uh, bringing him in, you know, was kind of a let's reach for a, a little bit and bring in a guy who's had struggles. Uh, I think he was in Australia. And, uh, boy, he, you're right. I mean, he's won a couple of games for him and, and yeah. really done a great job. And those are the kind of pickups that you need. And uh, he, he's been really good for them. And, and Dallas is off to a good start. They're going to play Portland back-to-back. Probably get a couple more wins, so uh, you know they're they're in that top six right now. Yep, yep, they sure are. So let, let's go back to Stephen Curry because you, you you were discussing the night he had last night. Thirty six points for Steph. He was fantastic. Bit of a slow start from beyond the arc, but he finished four of nine from deep. He also had the six assists, the four steals, a plus twelve, and, and he really just had the look in his eyes, which you were kind of touching on, Gary. It was one of those I ain't letting my team lose kind of nights from Steph. Yeah, and Kev, you know. I don't know that we talk enough about his ball handling. You know, we just marvel at the shot making. But yeah. he's, when he's not coming off of a screen uh, and catch and shoot, he's creating space with the dribble. And he's got one of the great step backs uh, where you step in, say, with your right foot and you hop back. And then you land on two, and that creates the space a lot of times to get the, the distance that you need to uh, get the shot off. But he sets it all up. I mean, he had a couple of them last night where he went through the legs behind the back, and 
he, I don't he, even guys his own size. He he was just just locking those guys up, and uh, you know it, it's a skill that he's worked really really hard on. That, that his handle is is just exceptional, and I I think everybody in the league acknowledges that that's a super efficient part to his game. Yep, absolutely, Gary. Now. The Warriors are 11-3 and when Stephen Curry scores 30 points in a game. He's played 31 games this year, so 11-3 and when, when he scores 30, 5-12 and in the games he plays and doesn't get to 30 points. You hear that number, those stats, mm. and you think what? Well, you know what, and he had a couple games here before this one where, you know what, he almost looked human. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, he struggled a little bit, and uh, he admitted it. But uh, that's how much this team needs him uh, because it hasn't found its perfect footing yet. You know, it, it's been an up and down, say, for Clay, and you got the Draymond situation, and those are your Hall of Famers, and you had Wiggins missing a lot of time, and Kaminga finding himself, and you look at the two rookies, and, you know, Sarek's been awful good. So what I'm, what I'm spelling out is, you know, a lot of pieces and trying to put them all to the puzzle together. And I don't know that it's still defined yet. And yeah. uh, so with that said, uh, this, is, this season is going to be a real tough one in that uh, this conference is, is brutal. I, I just look at it every night, and it's, it's, you look and say, holy cow, I look at the next three or four games and say, boy, we got some tough ones coming in. And, you know, you got to be really right. To get wins, that's how difficult it is. Yeah, it is going to be a difficult road ahead. And look, Thursday against the Denver Nuggets doesn't get much tougher than that. All-Star voting is live, folks. Dub the vote presented by Google Cloud gives you the power to send your favorite Warriors to this year's All-Star game. Visit warriors.com slash dub the vote to vote now. We'll take a break. Plenty more to get to about the win last night. Jonathan Kaminga, Clay Thompson, big games. But when we come back, we'll hear Tim Roy's interview with Mr. Mean Larry Smith right here on 95.7 The Game. If you've just joined us, don't worry. We saved your seat. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. At the Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Curry behind the back. Wait, stops it. Pops on the way. Ridiculous three on the white sideline. Now, here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Comedian Burt Kreischer is making a stop at Chase Center. Don't miss his Tops Off World Tour on Saturday, February 17th. Tickets on sale now at ChaseCenter.com. We welcome you back to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Daniel alongside Gary St. Jean, Mark Grandy behind the glass holding it down for us as per usual. We'll talk a little more about the win over the Magic in a little bit. But first, let's hear the Tim Roy interview with Larry Smith, who played a good chunk of his NBA career with the Golden State Warriors in the 80s. Without further ado, here's the interview with Mr. Mean. There's a steal by Stockton. He goes coast to coast. When he was younger and lighter, he 
used to do it with a great deal of proficiency, but Mr. Mean has wiped two of them away that were look like certain scores. Foul against Terry Teagle. Who just checked in. He fouls Stockton. The Jazz feel that they can attack the basket, but the Warriors do have some quick leapers, and Larry Smith reacts very quickly and spikes that one away. In 1979, I believe Sports Illustrated mentioned that, well, if Larry Smith doesn't get a, a jump shot, he's not going to make it in the NBA. Did you kind of use that for some motivation? Well, actually... Um I, I was told uh, that I wasn't good enough from elementary, I would say. Oh, wow. I, it goes way back. It just doesn't start at, at, uh, at, at university, at Alcorn State University. It started even when I was in junior high, high school. Uh, everybody said the same thing. You were not good enough. You will never be good enough. And you just don't have the tools or the talent to do it. And so, thank God, uh, I was around. I proved all of those people wrong. Yeah, it's funny. I've been around the league for over thirty years, and uh, it's I can list I can list uh, two dozen guys who are kind of like you. They were told they weren't good enough, but what do they do? They come in, they work, they work all the time. They get better, they adapt, they do what the coaches tell them. They show up on time, and uh, it's it's a great thing. I tell people this all the time. The best players don't always make the NBA because they don't want to put in that that sacrifice and so congratulations on a great career but but I had to when I looked at the Sports Illustrated thing and I started thinking about it I imagine when you walked into training camp in 1980 with the Warriors and you looked around that gym you got Bernard King, you got Sonny Parker, you got World Be Free, you got Purvis Short, you probably looked around and said I may not be getting a lot of jump shots on this squad <laughs> <laughs> Well uh, with those guys, uh, with the right team is Dan uh, my not to with wait, uh, with all these guys out here it's those guys you name Per short man, uh, BK, those guys, World, uh, Joe Barry, and those things. I looked around and say, wait, uh, I know there's not going to be a lot of shots, but where could I find my niche on this team? How would I get playing time? And I just thought about it. Hey, I got to do what I do best. Rebound the basketball, play defense. I think playing time would have come. So that's those things that I've looked at and, 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 and say, hey, look here, I know I'm not the greatest players, but I I can do things that some of the other guys don't do as well in order to get playing time. You walk into training camp and you get your first nose to nose, face to face, Al Adels experience. What was that like? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Coach, Coach Al, he scared me to death. <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been seeing him be real feisty and, and this and this. And when I met him, uh, he just was, uh, I, I was intimidated by him. Very much so. Very intimidated. But the greatest guy in the world. Absolutely. Is Coach Al. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're not the only one that says that. Every one of the former players I talked to did echo that same sentiment. So, uh, what were your thoughts on, on playing for the Warriors back then? What do you remember? It, it, I loved it. Uh, it. It was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me, I would say. Um, 
the, uh, the, 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 the organization was great, terrific, fans, astronomical fans. Uh, and it just was the people made you feel like family. And that's pretty much what the biggest thing with me. Uh, regardless of what happens, they always you know, cheer for you. And, and, and they had good things to say about you. And those things that I really, really appreciated more so than everything. They got the greatest fans in the world uh, there in the Bay Area. And I, as of today, I still love them to death. This great fan base. It's, it's, I'm so honored to work for that fan base for so many years. It's, it's, you know, I've been with them through bad times and now through great times, and, and they have never changed their passion about it. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I wasn't really sure how you got this nickname, but how did you get the nickname, Mr. Mean? Uh, the name Mr. Mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, my, uh, the, SA, the SID director at Alcorn at the time, um, I was real quiet. Uh, and, he, and he noticed that I never talked to anybody. And he said, he just came to me and said, Larry, uh, man, why you always look mad all the time? Why you, why you, why you never say anything? Just like that, because I was real quiet, and, and that's how I got that name. Uh, that because I, he said I always had a frown on my face, like I was mad at the world and all this things in nature. So, thank to thank to him, uh, he gave me that name. And now, what do you? So today, it still stands with me. Oh yeah, it does. It, yeah, it's when, <laughs> when I say your name to all some of our older fans, they say, "Oh, Mister Me," you know. So the <laughs> first thing that comes out of their mouth, you. Um, you were go to the Warriors, and you're playing alongside another Mississippi great, Purvis Short. I get to see Purvis when we go to Houston every year, and and talk to him a little bit. Were you aware of him in 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 high school and and in, in college? Absolutely, because uh, Purvis, as we called him, Short Man at the time, uh, he was. Uh, uh, you know, we played in our conference. We played against right. him all the time. So I had to face him, uh, and, and it was it wasn't anything good. <laughs> they had they had a really really good team and and, and he was he was he was tremendous I'm talking about I never seen a guy could shoot the ball like him and then at the time but yeah I, I knew Purvis way back as they say he's probably the best warrior never to make an all-star team yes. you know because because yes. the and I tell our young players I point over to Purvis in Houston I say you know that guy averaged 28 a night for us and they go what yes. I said yes he did <laughs> yes <laughs> So he had the rainbow jump shot of, of, of Purvis Short. I love that. What um, you have a, a world be free story we can share? Well, uh, you know, world, <laughs> uh, world. I can say is him. He, he, you know, he, he's one of those New York guys. I always have to say this: uh, competitor, talker, but a guy can really put the ball in the basket. And he's a, he one of the most confident guys I knew. So he believed he could make every shot and believed no one could ever stop him. So and it was great being a teammate with those guys. Uh, I, I had tremendous teammates at the time uh, across the board. And, and he was one of those guys that would never dull a moment with him, I would say. Yeah, that's true. I think it's still true in Philadelphia for a <laughs> world game free. Uh, Bernard King. Played alongside Bernard King. You talk about another guy that could could really score, and you get him on the break that left side. You are not stopping him. What was he like? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Big K. Uh, I at the time I never seen anybody get out, get out on the break as fast and can finish like him. 
Uh, he, he's a guy could, you know, he could get you 30 in a drop of a hat. But he's a guy that comes out night in and night out. He came to play. And that's pretty much what I, I really you know, appreciate about him. Uh, he would come out every night in and night out. It didn't matter. And compete. And it's, like I said, it was all about winning at the time. And, and the guys competed, uh, played hard. And, and we all, like I said, we had, we had a really good great, great group of guys, I would say. And, yeah. and, I, and I, I, want, I have to reiterate this too. Uh, Sonny Parker, I just want to make sure I call, make mention him because he's the guy that really brought me and put me under his wing. And I always will love Sonny P for that. He really took care of me, and I really appreciate him for everything he's done for me. Uh, that was Larry Smith, a.k.a. Mr. Mean with Tim Roy. And Larry Smith will actually be at the Toronto Raptors game on Sunday, I've been told. So he will be in the house at Chase Center this Sunday. Tim Roy chatting there with the guy they call Mr. Mean. And if I am doing my math correctly, Saint, you guys overlapped in the 88-89 season in Golden State. I was wondering if you had any Larry Smith stories you could share with us. Well, I tell you, Larry, he got every ounce out of his talents. What a competitor. And uh, the, the best story that I can remember, our first year we played Utah. Second year we played Utah in the playoffs. That's Carl Malone and John Stockton. Yeah. So left side of the floor was Carl uh, Malone on the box and Stockton feeding them. So we, John Stockton could be unselfish to a fault. So when he picked up his dribble, we sagged way off of him, and we played be uh, in front of Carl Malone. Well, back in those days, if you're defending in the post, you used your forearm, but you could also use one leg to body a guy off of the box. Well, Larry was so strong. Now, Carl Malone was like 260, maybe 270. And he moved him like he was a piece of Swiss cheese. He <laughs> pushed him all the way out to where John Stockton had the ball. And it was the whole key to the series because they couldn't establish any post play simply because of the strength and determination of Larry Smith. He, he was the hero of the series, and we, we beat him, and it was a huge, huge upset. And, uh, you know, you, he, you and he talked about his great rebounding. I mean, he had a knack for the ball that was unmatched in the league at that time. And, uh, you know, he wasn't the greatest shooter, and he had, a, he had a habit when he shot a free throw. If he, he missed it, he'd take his hand, uh, hand and go to the mouth and go, you know, touch it, you know, touch the <laughs> tongue a little bit to get a little better touch. Well, we didn't care if he missed his free throw. Who cares? Because he did all the other stuff to help you, help you win. He mentioned Terry Tego. We had Winnie Garland, whose son plays for Cleveland, Otis Smith. Yeah. Mully was there. Tellus Frank. And really a great bunch of guys who, uh, who really, as he said, he, he was a great teammate. Uh, I, I, a lot, a lot of respect. And, hey, I'm happy that the team is bringing back some of the old guys like this. It's really a nice thing to, to recognize these guys. And, and that means a lot to them. 
Yeah, no, and just to follow up that 88-89 season, you were talking about that 89 playoff series that the Utah Jazz swept them in the first round and made it to the Western Conference semifinals, running into the Phoenix Suns, losing that series in five. I'm looking at Larry Smith's basketball reference page. As a rookie, he averaged 12 rebounds per game. I mean, how many rookies do you know that averaged 12 rebounds per game just right off the bat? It can't be a very long list. You've talked about this. Guys that rebound in college, rebound in yep. the pros. That That is the one constant that you can really believe in, in the college, in the NBA. And, uh, you know, he, he went on to have a heck of a nice coaching career with Rudy Tomjanovich for a lot, yep. a lot of years when, when they had a terrific team down there because... Just he's, he's just a quality person, and, and a young player listening to him understands, hey, you don't have to score 20 points. Go to your strengths, stay away from your weaknesses, and by gosh, he did it, and he had a great career. Yeah, he was an assistant on those Rockets teams that yeah. won back-to-back NBA titles. Yes, he sir. was an assistant with the Rockets from 93 to 2003. And yeah. as a as a G League guy, I have to mention, he was the head coach of the Anaheim Arsenal in the mid-2000s. So, so a little, little D League tie-in there as well. well let, let's get back to the Golden State Warriors of this year. And let's get back to that win last night over the Orlando Magic. Because I want to talk a little bit about Klay Thompson. 15 points last night, 12 of them coming in the second half. And really what stood out to me, and we're going to play this quote. Mark has it lined up for us. This is what he had to say about a chat that he and Steve Kerr had about enjoying the last kind of phase of his career and improving his emotional mindset. And, Gary, I want to get your take after we hear from Clay right here. Steve and I had actually a great conversation yesterday, and uh, that helped me relax a lot. Sometimes I forget just how successful and how lucky I've been to be a part of championship teams and all-star games and gold medals. And when you want to get back to that level so badly, you can kind of get in your own way. And rather than forcing it, we had a conversation about just enjoying this last chapter of my career and how lucky I truly am to still be playing this game and do it at a high level and being a better mentor for these young guys, lead by example, and having my energy right every game. And he helped me realize when I do have negative energy, how that affects the team in a poor manner. So we had a great conversation. That just helped me change my whole mindset and forget about shooting splits or points per game or all-star games and just to enjoy being in this Warriors uniform and appreciate what we built because it's such a rare opportunity for any professional athlete to be a part of so much success and to try and pass that torch to the younger guys and keep this thing going. Wow, Kev, I hadn't heard that. I'm smiling, I'm excited, I'm happy for Clay Thompson, and I'm going to tell you, I've told you this many a night, I think I'm the first vice president of the Steve Kerr fan club. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to tell you why. You know, maybe the fans think coaches are up there drawing plays all the time and that's all they do and plan the praxis and all this thing. It's about relationships. And, And you can feel that, the trust and respect that those two guys have for each other. That, That was, I'm telling you what. 
that needs to be saved. That's special. And uh, just kudos to Steve and kudos to Clay. That that that's just a beautiful thing. And I, I it's I love I love the way play uh, he played last night. Uh, he didn't force anything. He let the game come to him. Uh, he was effective defensively, guarding a heck of a player in Banchero, a big, big guy. And, and you know, he had a key steal on him. And, uh, you know, the two of them, him and Clay, playing like that, you're like, you know, that brings you back to the old days. But I, I'm just happy for, for Clay. That, that was just fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, no, it, it, and I thought it was important that we hear the whole soundbite, even yeah. though it was a bit of a longer soundbite. This was one of the most introspective moments I think we've had all season from any player in a post-game comment. That coming there from Clay Thompson. You mentioned the defense against Paolo Bancaro. I mean, Paolo got some buckets late, but he started like 3 of 12 from the floor, 5 of 16, somewhere around there. And, and then just, you know, when, when Orlando was just, they scored like 12 points the last minute trying to desperately claw, claw their way back. And that's where Paolo Bancaro got a lot of his buckets. But I, I think we definitely saw less pouty clay last night. Yes. And, and, and Steve mentioned that it wasn't the shot selection as of late with Clay Thompson. He, he, earlier in the season, he had he took some pretty bad shots. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. But as of late, he had been taking better shots. But the one for 11 against Dallas, they just weren't falling. He, now, he had a really bad turnover in that game that kind of spurred the run that eventually uh, gave the Mavericks the game. If you, you look back to the second quarter they're up three or they're within three one one and he's running the break and just turns it over a bad pass they they get a three the other way and Dallas kind of took off from there but my, my question to you is you talk about the relationship building aspect of coaching how long can a conversation like this saint resonate with a player I mean it, this feels like it has some staying power but will this be something that gets forgotten about after the homestand or or can it stick with them for good no, I think this is going to go a long way into the season. And uh, if I, if one of the assistant coaches sees him with a long face, I, uh, that's his job to go up to Clay, but also to tell Steve, and Steve call him in the office and hug him again and just say, hey, remember what we talked yeah. about. Now, listen, this guy is a Hall of Famer and a fabulous career. And, you know, a lot of times you look at a player, and some guys you can tell, you know, if they're one for ten, their shoulders are down, their head is down, nothing, uh, their effort level's not there. And there's certain guys you can't even tell what the heck the score is and whether they've had 25 or 30. And, uh, hey, listen, he, Clay's human, and he's had a, a start that he's not used to. And uh, to have somebody that, that he trusts and believe in, believes in and have him talk to him that way, you could tell that Clay really, really appreciated that and respected it. Hey, here's the last thing I'm going to say on Clay Thompson for now. We've talked about him, and by we, I mean just kind of the national conversation about Clay Thompson in a sky is falling kind of sense. But through the multiple slumps he's had this year, he is still shooting 38% from three. He is still the second leading scorer on the Golden State Warriors, close to 17 points per game. So, yes, the scoring is down from last year significantly. But 38% from three, while it's not Clay Thompson's, it's not what Clay Thompson aspires for, it's still a damn good three point percentage. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, fans, fans can be a little fickle, and, you know, they're, they're reading stuff and all that kind of thing. 
you know, I, I say this about Steph. Uh, you got to cherish and hug this. this. This is one of the great yes. players that ever put on a Warrior jersey. And he's given you everything he's got. And yeah. I'd, I'd like somebody to come up to me when I'm out shopping or whatever and tell me that they had an ACL and tell me <laughs> they've had an Achilles and tell yeah. me how they're doing. Tell yeah, me how and- they're getting out of bed and walking every day. And, uh, and, let alone playing in the NBA the, at the level he is. And, and did they lead the NBA and made threes after having those injuries? There you go. Great uh, I point. mean, yeah, like he, it, it's not that like he had those injuries and his career fell off a cliff. And then, sure, he's not the same guy he was, but he still led the NBA and made threes last season, two years after suffering a torn Achilles. So, look, I, I you know, you, you want to continue to see him go back up on the uptick, and last night was a positive night for him. It was a positive night as well for Jonathan Kaminka. 19 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, a couple of blocks. And, and we, we talk a lot about Kaminka on this show. One thing that I don't think I give him enough credit for is his back-to-the-basket game. And it's not just the bully a guy on the block, jump over him, and jam it down on his throat. It's also kind of the touch he has. He can make some really tough fadeaways as well. It's more than just powering over left shoulder and yamming on someone. He's got some touch on the block also. Yes, he does. And... uh... Uh, you know, he likes the right box, which is a little different for a right-hander. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's he's got quick feet. He can uh, he can really – he's got a really nice, what I call, a, a drop step where he takes a step into the paint and then drops back to the left shoulder. Uh, he's effective at that. And, Kev, I'll tell you what, when he puts it on the floor and gets into the paint, he's really creating a, a nice ability to um, – Put a shoulder into a guy. And what yeah. I mean by that is we talk about Steph Curry with his step back. Well, when you're driving like that, you use your inside shoulder to get the defender going uh, north-south, going back, to give you some space to get your shot off. And that strength and, and uh, hops and athleticism uh, is really good to him. And he, he has that knack. And I, I think as time goes on, he's just going to get more to the free throw line. Yeah, uh, he's he's shooting better, and you and I've talked a lot, a lot about the rebounding. I I think yep. it's better. Can it get even better? Heck yes, but yeah. uh, you know he's he's capitalizing on this opportunity with the fact that uh, you know Draymond's not out there, and he he's he's learning with baptism under fire. You, you know you can't teach experience of playing, and uh, he's getting it right now. And I I love his effort on the defensive end, especially on the ball. And I think yes. he can keep on improving off the ball when he's weak side when he's in the help position, understanding when to rotate. Yeah, and I feel like that just kind of comes with being an NBA player, right? Getting yeah. the, that experience, having that attentiveness on the weak side. You're always going to be attentive on the ball, right? Because it's right in front of you. But for a young guy, learning kind of that, that off-ball defense, I mean, it, it's just something that takes some time. I want to go back to the rebounding, the six rebounds he had last night. You, yeah. you mentioned that it's better. What do you think is like a good goal for him for this season? What considering kind of where he started his career on the rebounding front, which is lower than we'd all hope, he's up to four point one rebounds per game right now. Where would you like to see him be by the end of this season, Saint? Well, you you know, tell me how many minutes he's going to play. Is he going to get twenty five to thirty minutes? 
he might, and it might be that uh, consistent as, as the season goes on here. And if he does that, uh, maybe he can get up to seven. Uh, you know, and then I... I'm kind of greedy because uh, great rebounders get a rebound every three minutes. Yep. And with his physical skill, wow. I mean, he, he could just attack the boards on both ends of the floor. And I yep. think that's feel and experience, and I think he's getting better in that aspect. Yeah, he right now he's averaging 22 minutes per game, 4.1 rebounds, so he's under one rebound every five minutes. So some work to just do on that yeah. front. Yeah, just yeah. a few more. Well, Dub Nation, Kia's drive and score promotion is putting Warriors fans in the driver's seat. Purchase or lease any Kia vehicle and get two tickets to a Warriors home game. Offer ends February 13th. Visit warriors.com slash Kia for participating dealers. We'll take a break, come on back, and take a look at the rest of this seven-game homestand, starting with the Nuggets Tomorrow night, right here on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean are holding court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! At the Warriors Roundtable. You can't handle the truth! Curry, screened by Draymond Curry, gets free for three. Got it! On 95.7 The Game. Now back to Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. We welcome you back to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Anna, Gary St. Jean rocking with you on a Wednesday evening. An ABC Wednesday evening. I mean, there's an NBA game on ABC on a Wednesday night. I, I, I don't remember the last time that happened with the Bulls and Knicks. So hopefully you're able to enjoy some of that game as well. Let's take a look at our upcoming broadcast presented by Ticketmaster. Tomorrow, the homestand continues against the defending champs, the Denver Nuggets. 6.30 on the air with Tim Roy and Tom Tolbert tipping at 7. That game presented by Rakuten. The homestand continues the very next night. Back end of a home back-to-back against the Detroit Pistons. They snap the losing streak finally thankfully before they got the chase 6 30 on the air 7 p.m tip time that is bruce lee night and then sunday the toronto raptors come to town the dinosaurs are at chase 5 p.m airtime 5 30 tip that is read to achieve presented by ross and the homestand concludes wednesday january 10th a week from today against the pelly pels of new orleans 5 p.m airtime 5 30 tip presented by am p.m and then the road trip begins in shy city against the chicago bulls friday january 12 4 30 airtime 5 p.m tip time so hearing that homestand the rest of it saint the, the warriors 16 and 17 one and two on this current seven game homestand where are you at with this team well, I'm still giving him an incomplete because of, of the Draymond situation and, and, and what's gone on. and But I, I still have a lot of optimism because of the parity within the conference. And, you know, you, you can arguably say they're going to play against the best in the next game, but you can come right back at me and talk about the two surprises with OKC and Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, you know, Denver with, with Jokic... Uh, he is fantastic, and, you know, Gordon had a tough situation uh, over the holiday, and he's back, and Porter's been shooting it well, and Murray missed a lot of time, and, you know, KCP uh, maybe all-defensive team this year. The key is that their bench isn't as good, and uh, that's there isn't any debate on that. So, you yeah. know, if they're having a little bit of an off night with the starters, you, you can catch them, and uh, so their record isn't maybe as 
strong as you thought it would be. But at the end of the day, uh, that's a quality team. And uh, those those today, as we, we get look at the horse race, we're getting to the, gosh, Kev, we're not that far from the halfway point. Um, yeah, we really aren't. Those those three to me stick out, and the, probably the fourth team would be the Clippers. Look, I, I know that maybe the Nuggets aren't winning at the rate everyone assumed they would, but they won the NBA title last year with a 53-29 and 29 record, and they're on pace to win more than 53 games this year. They're actually on pace to win well more than 53 games. So, look, I, I think they're just fine from a regular season standpoint at 24-11. and 11. Now, hopefully, this time around, Jokic doesn't shoot 18 free throws, and it, I mean, obviously there's an element of maybe he's coaxing his way to the line, if you will, but the Warriors also do have to be better at defending without fouling, especially without Draymond Green available, because he's one of the best at guarding Jokic. If you remember Game 3... Uh, against Denver in 2022 in the first round. He basically won the game with a defensive stop on Jokic, and that sealed the series. Yeah, you you got to pick your poison with him. You know, you got to play him uh, on the perimeter. Keep keep your body in front of him, and then hands up. Don't be reaching in, because he's a master at drawing contact. And then you're the perimeter guys. you got to know who you're guarding. Because he can draw a crowd and find his teammates. He's as good a passer as we've ever, ever had in the NBA as a big man. So you got to understand if it's a non-shooter, you can help out a little bit more. But, you know, he he, uh, the game today is an offensive game. And and that means that uh, there are situations where... You say, gosh, you know, I hardly touched them, you know, and the refs are calling it. And that's yep. that's today's game, and that's why Steve was just ah, – he, he was really upset with the officiating in that game, and I, I think he had a, a darn uh, good point because all the contact was initiated, you know, by by uh, Yerk, Nokic. And, and with that in mind, um, you know what? Put your body on him. Don't let him get to the happy places. And uh, just go straight up. Yeah, yeah. So he, you know have, what, Kev? I yeah. I don't know if you agree with me. All right. Uh, make him score. I, I think he'd rather yes. pass the ball. I, I, agree. I really do. I I think he'd rather set up his teammates. He does what he has to do to help his team win. He'd rather rebound and make great passes than score the ball. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I agree, Gary. If they limit Jokic, if Jokic goes for 38 points and three assists, I think the Warriors have a better chance of winning that game than if Jokic goes for like 26 points and 14 assists. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, obviously that's just more total points that he would have, like, be responsible for with the 11 more assists. But uh, the the idea is the, the same, like. Make him be the scorer every time, um, and, and don't let him do what he is most comfortable doing. Which uh, you, you're right, Gary. It, it's passing the ball. Yeah, he's, uh, and I have so much respect for him. I, I just he plays the game the right way to win, and he's he, he's a lot like Steph. He he doesn't need all the praise in the world, and he he just wants his teammates to do well, and he wants to win. He's not hung up about you know, all the accolades, and, and that's why he's got to be a joy to coach. Uh, you know, I know Mike Malone well, and, uh, you know, they've they've got a lot of mutual respect, and, you know, winning the championship, they're, they're a heck of a team. 
So they've had a couple of close losses in Denver this year, the Warriors. And both losses yeah. kind of turned the Warriors season for the worst. So they were 6-2 and two going into Denver. I did that game on November 8th. Then they lost 12-16. of 16. Then they had the five-game winning streak heading into Christmas. Then they lost their three, uh, the next three, starting with that game in Denver. But now they get them on their home court. And they look decent in both those road games in Denver. Yes. Now, Dick Davey, who I used to work for, the former oh, Santa boy. Clara head coach, he was the head coach oh. for Steve Nash at Santa Clara. I worked for him when he was an associate head coach at Stanford under Johnny Dawkins, and he would tell us that home court is worth six to eight points per game in college. Do you have a a number in your head to how many points home court is worth in the NBA? Well, you're bringing out a a great uh, name in Bay Area coaching uh, history. Dick Davey, what a great, great guy, and yeah. You know, when I came to the Bay Area, he was coaching with Carol Williams. And, uh, boy, they they were tremendous coaches. And, you know, what yeah. teams they had. And uh, utmost respect. I would say in the NBA, it's three points. Uh, yeah. Just that That's just kind of the rule of thumb. And, uh, you know, college maybe because you play so, uh, so many uh, fewer games. And the crowds and all that kind of thing. Uh, three seems to be the standard if you'd ask uh, around the league. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds about right. I had figured it had to be fewer points than college, right? Because you're just younger. A crowd can get to you a little easier yeah. when you're 19 years old as opposed to 29 years old. All, all those kind of factors. So here's how I'm looking at this, and, and we'll kind of end on this, Saint. If the Warriors can get past Denver... The rest of this homestand feels very doable. With, with all due respect to the Detroit Pistons, they are 3-30. and 30. They did just have a 28-game losing streak. Uh, I, I'm so glad that they got that win over Toronto so that <laughs> they, they, they don't have a chance to snap the skid at Chase Center, and they, they've already started on another losing streak. And then Toronto, who's been... Up trade, and down this year. Big trade. OG Ananobio, he's on ABC right now playing for the New York Knicks and got Emmanuel quickly back along with uh, some other pieces in that trade. Uh, but And R.J. Barrett off uh, to the Toronto Raptors as well. But you got Detroit, Toronto, and New Orleans with two days of rest in between. Mm. Now, and So to me, if you get Denver... I think five and two and, and winning the final five games on this homestand is very doable. Well, from the get-go, you said five and two, and I was too optimistic. But uh, heck, yeah! I mean, you know what? You're at home, and uh, you know the, the crowd, the fans are still really in it, believing in these guys, and yeah, that's a big game. You know, when you play the defending champs, you just you get up for that, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you got the two teams, uh, the last two championships. So uh, yep. I, I like the game. I, I think it's a big one. And you mentioned the Pistons in Toronto. They, those are very winnable games. And, uh, you know, the Pelicans are up and down. I, I don't know where they're going to find themselves as we go forward. But uh, that's a lot with Williamson. I think Ingram's having a good year. They got a lot of good players. They they really do. I, I actually think that they have a chance to... If they can bring it all together, uh, you know, they they could have a really good year, but uh, time will tell. Well, they're up 24 at Minnesota right now in the fourth quarter. Are they really? Yeah, they're up 95-71. Wow. Uh, That'll 
They'll do it for us tonight, folks. A big thank you to R.C. Davis and Marika Kleto with the Golden State Warriors for helping us out with the uh, with the reads and the Larry Smith interview. Big thank you to Mr. Mean and Tim Roy and Mark Grandy behind the glass. For Gary St. Jean, I'm Kevin Dana saying sayonara for this week. We will talk to you next week right here on 95.7 The Game. You've been listening to the Warriors Roundtable. Curry breaks it through, one hand three, up and good! For the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. Playful and nailed it! 95-7, the game. For tickets, call 888-GSW-HOOP.